Well, the world is constantly changing, and the economy, which was down for a bit, is getting back underway in certain ways, and also the world of sports, which is completely busy at this point after a long dead period. So in order to stay ahead of the curve, use these unparalleled tools from two world-class news desks covering developments across finance, economics, technology, and sports. What you got to do is subscribe to Bloomberg.com. And if you're not already an Athletic subscriber, for a limited time, you can receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. Just go to Bloomberg.com slash subscribe to sign up today. This is Melissa Lockard with Steve Berman from The Steamheads, a show about the Oakland A's. We haven't had any actual A's baseball in between our last broadcast and this one, but it sounds like things are trending in the right direction. The A's have not had any additional positive COVID tests since their one on Saturday night, and it looks like they're on track to restart their season again on Friday. They're going to be doing some uh, small workouts at the Coliseum the next couple of days and in advance of starting that anticipated series on Friday against the Padres. And as we sort of restart where we're looking at for you know, what comes next for the A's? I mean, in some ways, it sort of feels like this is an all-star break. The rest of the league didn't get to participate, but it is sort of that kind of feeling like, you know, the, the trade deadline happened, there's a bit of a pause, and now it's the stretch run. So in kind of looking where they are for this last little stretch of the season, currently the second seed in the postseason, uh, first place by three games. And uh, they're kind of looking at this point like, you know, playoffs are pretty much assured at this point, but seeding is going to be very important. And Steve, you know, what are you looking for for you know the last few weeks of the season in terms of how they are going to position themselves for the postseason? Well, it looks like home field advantage might actually be moot at this point if Ken Rosenthal's report ends up being correct and the games are moved to two different locations based on American League would be in Southern California and two of the three stadiums there, Petco or uh, the stadium in Anaheim or Dodger Stadium. So if that's the case, then there would be no more games at the Coliseum after September. Uh, so it's, you know, that three games all being at home, you know, gets kind of taken away. Obviously, there's no crowd anyway, but it's kind of nice to be at home. But then you look at just potential matchups and who they would go against right now it would be Minnesota. The A's would be in the number two spot. Tampa Bay has got the best record in the American League. And then Minnesota, at least as we're doing this conversation, is number seven. So it doesn't seem like there's really going to be a huge difference based on seating in terms of who they play and there's no home field. So really it's about the A's figuring out their starting rotation going in. But that's really the big deal because if you're in a three-game series – if you have three starters who are going well, then you have a really good chance to win. And if you don't, then your season could end really quickly. As an aside, the idea that they could be playing in the Big A and winning an important playoff game as a home team sort of reminds me of how Angels in the Outfield was filmed at the Coliseum and all those really big <laughs> postseason wins for for that Angels team were, were there. So perhaps we're, we're going to see some foreshadowing. But um, the rotation in a three-game series, it's sort of an interesting thing because obviously a five-game series in the traditional uh, kind of LDS situation, the three-man rotation was such a big deal when they played the Tigers in those, um, you know, kind of epic series a few years ago. And the A's never had those shutdown guys like Verlander and Scherzer that they were able to go up against in that five-game series. And in looking at a three-game series, you know, that shrinks down even further. You know, you've got a situation where 
like one dominant starter could almost turn an entire series. And um, at this point, maybe Jesus Lizardo is their best chance to have that kind of dominant starter. Uh, are you looking for him to sort of solidify himself at that uh, in that position over these last few weeks? Absolutely. He's so pivotal. And at his age, it's unfair, I guess. But I guess we all kind of maybe saw this coming at some point uh, very soon because everyone knew he was going to end up being the ace of the staff. Montas looked like he might step forward and be the ace this season, and he's had some shaky outings. So Luzardo, on the other hand, after shaky outing against the Giants, where it kind of just seemed like the Giants knew it was coming, has been pretty fantastic ever since and really feels like he's kind of figuring out exactly how to be a big league starter, use that changeup, use his location, and pitch through times where maybe his location and his stuff isn't, you know, 100%, more like, you know, 90% or 80%. But generally speaking, Lizardo is a guy who is really going to be maybe just the linchpin for the entire thing. If the A's are going to advance past that wildcard series, it's probably going to have a lot to do with Lizardo. If they're going to advance past the LDS, same thing. And all the way through, he's he's really the guy. I don't know who the other two starters would be at this point. I'm sure Melvin couldn't tell you at this point if you asked him. By then, who knows? Maybe Mike Miner ends up being like one of their best pitchers for some reason. I know he's going to be available on Friday as a reliever, but he's going to be a starter and some of these uh, just you know, kind of gargantuan set of double headers that they're going to have to deal with with all these COVID misses. So who knows? You know, I mean, Manaya was uh, awesome last September. And then uh, Fires, you know, has been up and down. Montas could refine it. It's And then Bassett is always a guy who I would trust in terms of a pressure situation. He always seems like he's able to kind of figure it out and not let the moment get too big for him. But Lazard is really the guy. I mean, he's the dude. I mean, obviously, with at this point, bullpen is going to be extremely key as well. And you might have a situation where Melvin has a very, very quick hook for any of these guys, even including Lazardo, if he, for some reason falters and you have bullpen going for seven innings out of a game, if, and, and still they end up winning. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. And I almost kind of wonder too, if in terms of looking what to look for over these last few weeks, the two arms I think maybe I would look most closely at are what happens with Montas. Can he rediscover this arm slot that had had him so successful in those first three starts before he missed, you know, that outing with the next strain? And AJ Puck, if he can come and be healthy and join the bullpen as a multiple inning guy, and you look at Puck, and then maybe even Mike Miner, you know, kind of taking on roles as sort of multi-inning left-handed guys that can get out hitters from both sides of the plate and obviously have some pretty good swing and miss stuff. To add that to what has already been the best bullpen in baseball so far this year would be pretty spectacular and may eliminate the need to even find more than one solid starter for a three-game series. You could almost go with piggyback games for you know the second and third game of a series in, in some ways. So um, I, I would kind of keep a, a close eye on, on the development of those two guys. And how they use Mike Miner is going to be really interesting because, yeah, you're right. I mean, they were talking about 10 games in a seven-day stretch, which is the most that they've played in, I think I, I wrote this down here, since 1966. So and, and I don't even know what was going on in 1966 that they needed to play 10 games in seven days. I guess they were probably in Kansas City and maybe there was some rain involved. But, you know, to have that many games in such a short period – 
Mike Miner will mostly be a regular starter during that stretch. But then coming out of that, you know, depending on how he looks, um, it could be really interesting to see how he goes because he was such an effective weapon for the Royals in 2017 as a reliever. You know, granted, the Royals weren't very good, but he was really good. And to add that element to Jake Diekman, who's already putting together this outstanding season, and TJ McFarland, who's been surprisingly effective from the left side, would, would allow the A's to really... Um, you know, kind of knock out any left-handed threats that they would face in, in a, you know, potential postseason appearance. And Hendricks is a guy who it's not a long season for any of these guys. So I could see him getting used for a couple innings if need be. If it's high leverage in the eighth, just keep him in there for the ninth. Uh, Soria has been excellent all season as well as Petit. Both guys, ERA is under two. Trevino even is a guy whose stuff really plays like a late inning playoff reliever and last year he was so off and then this year he kind of was shaking in the beginning and lately he's been nailed so yeah even the fact that they lost Burt Smith which seemed like just such a catastrophic loss when he came off the mound it really hasn't mattered that much for the A's bullpen just because they've been so deep and everyone honestly has been so good I mean on any other team James Caprillion would be up and playing and actually pitching probably every other day but with the A's it's like you know, room for you, man. I'm sorry. I, I know you You got some really nice stuff that's playing pretty well right now, but with all the guys that they have going in the bullpen, I, we didn't even mention Wendelkin, who's also been fantastic. I mean, all these guys are, you know, I mean, some of these guys have ridiculous strikeout numbers of Diekman and Wendelkin and Hendricks in particular. Yeah, you'd like to have, you know, Verlander Scherzer type of situation, you know, or, or something like that, or, or Garrett Cole to just trot in there. Right now, it's probably going to be you, you trust Lizardo and and then the other guys, you see who's hot when you go in. And if they're not hot when they uh, come into the game and, you know, give up a home run or two early, then pull them right out and it's bullpen time. The other interesting thing to note, too, is in those um, double headers, they'll have an extra man that they can add to the roster for those three days that they have those six games. So in terms of wearing out the bullpen, they will be able to add one of those guys like a James Caprillion or uh, you know whoever comes off of the active roster when they add Mike Miner, maybe Jordan Weems or something like that, can come up and sort of absorb any innings that they need to be absorbed. And you know those guys have shown that they can perform if they need to perform in you know relatively high leverage situations in, in those double headers. So I, I think it sucks to have to play that many games in such a short period. And obviously, this isn't probably the ramp up to a postseason that the A's would have been envisioning. But they do seem to have the arms to be able to weather it. On the offensive side, it sounds like you know Marcus Simeon should be back fairly soon, but is, is still going to miss maybe Friday's game. And uh, you know, having him out certainly creates a. a gap at the top of the uh, lineup. And also defensively, it'll be interesting to see if there's a a big drop off there. So from a contact oriented pitching staff, especially in the starting rotation, not so much in the bullpen, I think they'll be hoping that Simeon gets back on the field as quickly as possible. Yeah, I guess Machine might uh, end up playing a little bit of third base or sorry, shortstop along with Pinder. And uh, they're not going to move Chapman to short, which makes sense because I think Chapman is obviously one of the best defensive third basemen maybe ever, and he'd be a really nice shortstop. But, you know, when I saw him playing shortstop, my first thought was when you go out of your comfort zone a little bit, sometimes that's when injuries occur, and you, you cannot lose Chapman and his bat for any really period of time at all at this point. So it's you, you want to make sure that you have him where he's supposed to be, not in any sort of situation where he – 
you know, he, he does something that he's not used to doing. He tweaks his side or something like that, like Simeon did. It sounds like Simeon's injury, though. Yeah, it's not too serious. He's not going to go on the injured list, which, you know, even though with the A's missing a few days here, it seemed like that was maybe a possibility just to, you know, see if they could, you know, maybe just rest him another five days or whatever after they come back. But if they're not going to do that, I would assume that he's really not doing too poorly. The other nice thing, too, is about this is, and I don't think this is popular with everybody, but with the pitching side, at least the doubleheaders are seven inning doubleheaders. And that definitely changes things a bit. If you have a good start, then the bullpen really doesn't get taxed too much over a day's period. So, you know, maybe a situation where they could weather that a little bit. Uh, you also have Mengden in there as well, too, if you if you need someone to take over a few innings and, you know, a Petita guy who can go a few extra too. But offensively, I'm interested to see how Loriano uh, comes out because he's been struggling ever since his suspension. And uh, that's a guy who can carry you for a week or two as well. So who knows? Maybe, like you said, it's like sort of like an all-star break situation. Maybe a few days off in the middle of this crazy season uh, do them some good. I, I think they were tired during the home series with the bad air quality around here. And then they go to Texas for a, you know an emotionally taxing series for sure. And so maybe a little break will do them some good. It sounds like the COVID situation as good as it possibly can be. No one else tested positive. There's no outbreak and no one broke protocol. I don't know who is sick, but we haven't heard anything yet. So maybe the rest will do them some good and they can uh, race into the playoffs on a hot note and face a team like the Twins and advance around actually yeah no i I think it's going to be a fun few weeks and uh hopefully um monday we'll have some baseball to talk about again and uh you get used to watching it you know you forget what we did for all those months where it wasn't there i know you realize how much you miss it when it's gone for just a couple of days so yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing him on the field and that san diego team that they have to face in this series is going to be uh, fun to watch as well a lot of a really incredible talent and um you know some new faces that they're going to be trying to work into their roster so it should be a great series absolutely i can't wait to see lazardo go up against the padres uh, talking about one of the most swaggerific lineups in all of baseball just to see him go against tatis is going to be fun and yeah they're they're sort of like the a's of the uh national league to me just a lot of young talent and at this point they've loaded up like crazy to uh try to win their first world series and I don't know if it's going to happen because this is a complete crapshoot, maybe even as much of a crapshoot as we've ever seen. And at this point, you know, the A's and the Padres, I think, are two teams that could end up facing each other later on in October. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back again on Tuesday.